Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo, good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? Man, uh, doing good. Yeah, doing good. It's been uh, a bit busy, you know, around the old shop and, uh, man, just slinging a lot of pipe tobacco and um, online sales are uh, picking up a little bit for Father's Day, so that's kind of fun. But, um, yeah, just selling a lot of pipes, selling a lot of gifts and... Um, you know, it's uh, it's really hot in central Mississippi. We complain about this every time uh, this time of year. And yeah, um, right. and so, you know, I just, uh, you know, when you're outside, it, you just it's hard sometimes to, to power through your pipe. And, you know, you just have to smoke something really strong and and get to the point and then um, and then go inside and take a take a ice bath. So and it's only <laughs> June. <laughs> well, I mean, the nice thing about the country squire is, you know, with, you know, with us. Everybody kind of returning back to the world, all vaccinated and ready, ready to rock. People are yeah. congregating again, and uh, man, the Squire is such a great place to do it because you can <laughs> escape the heat while also enjoying your pipe. Dude, it, you escape the heat, but you know, at the Squire, you fall into it, your own a different type of heat. That's you know, true. You kind of yes. when, when you come to the shop, you you have to. Um, I've just been noticing this more and more. The thicker the skin, you have to. If you're going to become a regular at the Country Squire, you just kind of have to b- have this shell <laughs> around you. <laughs> And uh, I've been so proud of uh, of Quinn, our new uh, employee, who's been uh, quarterback in our mail orders and is doing uh, doing such a good job updating our website and everything. But um, man, he, he's he's learning quickly. You just got to throw it right back, man. People throw it at you, you got to throw it back. So, oh, um, so it's uh, it's good. I'm proud of proud of him. <laughs> good stuff, man. I'm I'm uh, you know looking forward. To, I don't, you know, I, it was funny because you know obviously I just got back from this little uh, family uh, family vacation. We were down at the yeah. beach and. You know, we got back, we're starting to think about holidays and, and, you know, trying to figure out when I'm going to make it back to Jackson. And honestly, I just don't even know. I have no clue when I'm going to make it back to Jackson. My guess is it it won't be anytime soon, Uh, but I am going to be up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which I'm really excited about, man. Like this is in about two weeks, I think, from when this episode goes live. Yeah. Uh, we'll be heading out that way, and uh, I have yet to reach out to the the pipe community there. I need to. I guess the, I'll put the, this is the official reach out. I'll I'll uh, make sure to send out a, an email <laughs> and a few texts uh, to see uh, who all might be available to hang out for a little bit. But uh, yeah, man, this was something I used to do like on an annual basis, and you know, then we moved to Houston, and then you know we moved to Houston, and then the world shut down, and so now we're <laughs> yeah we're we're ready to 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 get back 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 at it and uh, visit the in laws up there and uh, and and see the good folks up in uh, in Grand Rapids. So well, it'll um, be good, man. A lot of good friends up there. And matter of fact, recently we had uh, a, a listener of the show, Jim Lung, uh, came through. He actually was. Uh, with his mother, but they took a tour, a kind of a tour of the Southeast, and he made a point to uh, come by the Country Squire and bring us some choice beverages that we might uh, use on a future uh, Squire Select episode, which is pretty cool. Some uh, local Michigan fare, but uh, anyway, gave us uh, gave us a warm a warm uh, hello from all the people up in Grand Rapids and in that part of Michigan. And so, uh, yeah, it's good, man. It, it'll be nice, uh, nice trip for you. That's awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, actually, we got later on in the episode, we'll be uh, reading about a pipe pilgrimage that happened uh, to the Squire recently. So I'm, I'm looking forward to get into it. We've got we got yeah. a fun episode planned today. But of course, of course, first, we need to give uh, a shout out to our amazing supporters at Patreon.com slash Country Squire Radio who are making this yeah. podcast happen uh, yeah. every single week without fail. We could not do it without y'all. And man, we've got we got some new members. Uh, we actually got a new member for the uh, Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. And th- this is difficult for me. 
because you know you, it is a long-standing tradition that if you if you join the pipe club, yeah, I, I, I butcher your name, but unfortunately, I know how to pronounce this person's name because <laughs> I've, I've I've had the pleasure of working with them before, and I need to I need to I'm I'm all. All right, let, hang on. Let me, let me stretch. All right, uh, all right. I, I think I, I think I can do it. <laughs> you think you got this one ready? I think I can do it. All right, joining at the pilgrim level, uh, collab, friend cart, <laughs> collab, friend cart, uh, collab. joining at the the pilgrim level. That's right. That's great, Caleb. Thank you so much for joining, man. Uh, man, it's wonderful. <laughs> We're glad uh, glad to have you on board at the uh, Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club and uh, joining at the Pilgrim level. That's uh, awesome. That's right, man. And uh, like I said, uh, we've got uh, later on this episode, we got some some great listener feedback from uh, Caleb is and uh, referring to a pipe pilgrimage they they recently took. So looking forward yeah. to sharing that, man. We also yeah. got to give a shout out to uh, patron Bo uh, Prather as well who is uh supporting the show just at uh buck an episode we you know even even those bucks an episode man they go a long way so we appreciate they do, everybody's man support. they absolutely do yeah let's see any any other shop business before we dive in because i'm i'm eager i'm eager for this episode yeah no it, it's it's drinking day because it's squire select day squire and, uh, select and man I, I just don't want to delay it any further no no uh no extra shop news really we've got some new inventory coming in from uh you know denmark and the UK and Germany and some different fun places that we're excited to uh, to announce uh, very soon. But uh, in the meantime, today we're going to talk about tobaccos and alcohol. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Okay. So so I mentioned, of course, you know, I was at the beach last week. Okay. Beautiful yeah. time. And uh, even as we were recording, I said, you know, I I have a feeling, I have a feeling, John David, I'm going to get back and I'm going to have a hankering for some rum. Like that's where my head's going to be at. It's going to be in that, you know, mindset. And, you know, there are times that we have the Squire Select, you know, it comes about every eight episodes or so we we do a Squire Select episode and, you know, it's, it's a standard, it's, it's a long going uh, tradition here on the show. It's an ongoing series. And and there's times where Squire Select comes about and we're kind of scrambling. We're like, all right, well, what, what haven't we drunk yet? I mean, like, like, you know, we have to kind of go through. And just try to find something. And, you know, maybe the bottle stands out to us or whatever it is. Or maybe it's yeah, just sure. literally we do a quick search through our catalog. And, you know, if we're lucky, we, we, we find out that we didn't cover it. Or, you know, if we're unlucky, we, we, we did cover it and we just didn't find it when we were searching it. And then we do it. A <laughs> and we sports. do it anyway. That's right. right. <laughs> Not that that's ever happened multiple times. Uh, exactly. But this week, man, the, the, the beverages that we have this week, I'm so excited about. Because this is like yeah. the, the reverse of that. This is... When I first had both of these beverages, like Squire Select was screaming to me. It's like these these require like a pipe pairing and they are such unique, <laughs> such unique uh, drinking experiences, despite them both being rum. They have bring such like varying, uh, uh, you know, flavor profiles and everything else. Yeah. And uh, and I got a little story about about each of these. Nothing, nothing major or anything like that. And I, that's the kind of. That's the kind of uh, spirits that I love diving into for a Squire Select. So, it, it, is the excitement high? It, it, it is for me, man. I mean, th- this was a lot of fun, and you know, we're doing a couple of rums today. And I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not much of a rum drinker. I, I always enjoy it when I have it. It's something that, um, you know, is uh, is enjoyable to me. I, I you know, like uh, you know, drinking it straight. I enjoy cocktails that are uh, made with it, and. Um, you know, have a lot of fond memories of, you know, rum-based drinks and that type of thing, but I, I'm not really a rum guy. It's something I don't really pull for very often. So, um, you know, every, every so often when we do talk about a rum, it is a good stretch for me and it's, uh, and it's a lot of fun, man. And, and, and this was, uh, this was good because it was something different and sweet and, 
um, interesting. And these rums are very different, man. Just very different. <laughs> I can't wait to dive into them. But uh, yeah, dude, you got me fired up on this. All right. I also have to pull a little bit of the curtain back here as well, because we're, we're doing another thing different this this week, and at least in terms of how this, this episode is coming together. Because generally speaking... Uh, you know, you're, you're right there next to the package store. You know, you've got access to, uh, the great yeah. spirits, uh, right, right down the, uh, you know, I think like two or three doors down from, from the country squire. Yeah. So, you know, you, you got the hookup. Typically you go in there, you get some stuff, you pour it into a Mason jar, you mail it to me and it's amazing. You know, this crazy trust exercise <laughs> and, and all that. If great you're stuff. from the uh, Texas department of revenue, you didn't hear that. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, allegedly, allegedly that's how, how this right. is made. I'm, I, my, my, my apologies. Uh, allegedly, that's how it goes down. Well, allegedly, this time, we're, we're, we're kind of doing that in reverse because, you know, I, I got all these test tubes, allegedly, and was able, and, you know, because we have such a great, like, diverse uh, catalog of spirits available here in Houston, yeah, uh, you know, we, yeah. we, we kind of switched hats a little bit. And, and not only did I <laughs> allegedly send you... <laughs> 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 These two, but I've got us covered allegedly for the next couple of Squire Selects. Allegedly, <laughs> is that enough? Allegedly, we need a legal counsel on this show, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I know. T- t- tag a lawyer. Yeah, no, uh, it's I mean that's right. We're uh, just thrilled, regardless of how it worked out. Whatever fairies uh, got. Uh, these beautiful, uh, delicious li- liquors to uh, to each one of us. It worked out great. And uh, man, we're excited to talk about them today. <laughs> All right. So let's actually, let's kick this off with Havana Club, if that's cool. Is, is that yeah. a good one? Yeah, I think that I think that's good, and that's a that's a great place to start. Um, man, was this your first time to drink Havana Club? Have you ever had it before? This was my first time, and you know, in reference to kind of the stories around the these rums, this this yeah. one jumped out. I was uh, there is actually a, a Cuban restaurant, authentic Cuban restaurant, very near yeah. nearby my house. Of course, you know, Houston, Texas, we've got some of the best food in the world. Access to just the most uh, amazing, authentic foods from all over the planet. And, uh, and yeah, there, there's this amazing Cuban restaurant that's like right down, right down from my house. And one day I was just kind of, I had a hankering for Cuban food. Don't know what it was. Just had a hankering. And, uh, my wife and I, uh, she took a lunch break. We went down and we went to this particular restaurant and sat down and it's one of those, you know, you know, it's authentic when you look around and you're like, Oh, I, I, I feel like, like I'm not even supposed to be here. You know what I mean? Like when, when you stick out like a sore thumb, it's like, yeah. oh, okay, all right, this this is going to be good. That's what you want. Yeah, exactly. the food's going to be great. So we sit down. We have these amazing Cuban sandwiches and, uh, you know, the plantain chips and all, all kind of the, the, the fixings and whatnot. Yeah. But up on the wall, they've got a kind of a, a artistic rendering. I guess it's like this oil painting yeah. of this like glorious like Cuban feast with – like this bottle of Havana club rum and a cigar like mm. right next to it. And I'm like looking at this as I'm eating this amazing food. And I'm like, I, I want that. Like th- <laughs> I-, I-, I want that. And it, so what, what number is that on the menu? Is that, is that number five? <laughs> right. I'd, like, I'd like a number five. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this was, this was not, I mean, like, I, I, you know, maybe it was like a promotional thing, but it looked like literally this was like somebody's art project. It was like, it was an oil painting and everything else. Yeah. And, uh, it just really spoke to me and I was like, I, I want, I want all that except instead of a cigar, I want a pipe. And so, uh, <laughs> I, I went down to, uh, the, the local spirit store. I actually, I picked up this bottle is my first time ever having this. And I, I remember very specifically cause I got this, uh, I reached out to a buddy at church 
And uh, we got actually ordered a couple more Cuban sandwiches, and uh, we we drank this with some uh, various pipe tobacco. Yeah, uh, and then uh, and and had those Cuban sandwiches, and uh, it was a great combination. But I want to know today what I could have done to upgrade this. But first, let me ask you. Like, <laughs> let me ask this back at you. Is this your first time having Havana Club? It it is not actually. I so and and this is a complicated question because Havana Club. Um, you know, this is a longstanding brand. It's been out there. Uh, this name has been on liquor store shelves for, um, you know, almost a century now. But, um, but, but that is a complicated question to ask because if you could distill drama into a bottle, it would be Havana Club. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. It would be Havana Club. Uh, man, this is an interesting, uh, an interesting liquor, an interesting uh, spirit that has, um, you know, developed quite a, uh, quite a story, uh, particularly over the past 40 years. It's something that, um, you know, just because of dynamics between um, the, uh, the Cuban government and United States government and then the uh, businesses that are involved in the original uh, factory, the family that was forced to leave uh, Havana with the recipe, uh, th- there's a lot of back background here. And so, so there's a, the, the answer, is this the first time I've ever had Havana club from Puerto Rico? The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 but yet there's another Havana club that is, uh, that is sold worldwide under the exact same name with a different logo that is a, that is a Cuban made product. And so, uh, man, lots of drama here. Talk about lot, talk about lawyers getting involved in, uh, and lawsuits, man. It's, uh, it's kind of out of control, but, uh, but yeah, so this was the first time that I ever had the, uh, the Puerto Rican version of Havana club. Yeah, man. So, you know, one of the things that's, that's notable, you know, it's, it's a very, if you kind of look at the bottle, you got kind of the black label yeah. to it. You've got the, uh, uh, I got, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at their logo and it's, it's like this tr- like overgrowth tree on a cross or something of that mm-hmm. nature, like surrounded by, uh, what appears to be kind of wolves and lambs kind of walking in step with one another, you know, very, very peaceful, uh, you know, theoretical, you know, uh, almost, um, tranquil, you know, almost heavenly yeah. tranquil. Yes. <laughs> uh, depiction here, despite the, uh, despite the drama that surrounds it, um, the bottle reads every bottle of Havana club starts with the finest sugar cane molasses. The rum rests, uh, one to three years in Oak barrels as the Caribbean weather of Puerto Rico works. It's magic. We then employ a double aging process, creating a deep and mellow taste with a velvet finish. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Uh, yeah. yeah. Re- really interesting, uh, really interesting rum here. So, uh, you know, just to kind of elaborate on what we mentioned before, um, Havana Club, uh, this brand, again, been around for uh, almost a a um almost a century uh and the the distillery this was founded at or or is still made in today uh was initially founded by the I'm probably going to butcher their name so I'm going to channel Bo here for a minute the Arcabala uh Arcabala <laughs> family and uh and they were uh Cuban Cuban folks that uh founded this still in in the 1870s and then Havana Club was kind of a a a, a brand that uh you know came forth from that in the 1930s mid 1930s and um and and so this you know was a was a rum that was sold in the United States and um you know for uh many many years and all over the world and of course in Cuba and across the Caribbean and um and, and this little event 
event happened in 1960 that that made everything really complicated for um, you know any industry that was uh, that was associated with the island of Cuba. And uh, of course, the liquor industry is front and center. The tobacco industry is front and center. We think about all the incredible products uh, um, from both those sides that. Um, you know, have uh, some kind of Cuban heritage, Cuban lineage. And uh, in 1960, a, uh, a little event called the Cuban Revolution happened. And uh, a, a man named Fidel Castro uh, decided that he wanted to nationalize the Arik Kabbalah's distillery and, uh, and and the Havana Club brand. And so uh, they did nationalize it. That is code for they took possession of the distillery at gunpoint. Right, right. <laughs> and and liter- literally. Acquired and so it, you might say. <laughs> they, they acquired it, yeah. And um, and so the, the family was actually forced to uh, to flee in exile to Spain and to the United States. And, and, and the, uh, the distillery at that point was owned by um, owned by the Cuban government, uh, which is, you know, just fascinating. There's a lot of examples about this. We've seen this in Cuba and places like, uh, of course, the Soviet Union, uh, Venezuela, um, you know, where you've got these uh, private interests. They have built these companies and uh, the, the government decides that they, you know, want to take this over and make it a, a kind of an entity of the people for, you know, so to speak. And so uh, so they just take it and they don't uh, compensate the, you know, the owners or anything. And before you know it, now the you know um, government of Cuba is in the rum business, and um, and and they uh, kept it going uh, there for quite a while. So Cuban version immediately, of course, uh, became uh, after the embargo, along with cigars and so many other things, became not available in the United States. And 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 so you know it was primarily because of uh, Cuban Cuba's ties to the uh, you know Soviet uh, Union and the. Uh, you know, communist world. It was primarily available in places like uh, like the Soviet Union, the Ukraine, uh, Eastern Russia, uh, and then eventually became more common uh, in you know Western Europe and places like that. But of course, not the United States because of the uh, embargo. It's so fascinating because over the years, you know, this was a rum that uh, you know kind of you know propagated throughout the world and is incredibly popular and has this very uh, interesting uh, taste and is very complicated and you know, just storied, but it, it was being made by, uh, in some sense, you know, the depending on who you ask, kind of this uh, imposter uh, group, you know, who uh, who nationalized the, um, the the factory there, and so the family had jealously guarded the recipe for this for uh, for years. And in 1994, uh, the family that had been exiled from Cuba, they sold the recipe to the original Havana Club to uh, a, a, another company that you might have heard of called Bacardi. Um, now, one thing you may not know about Bacardi, uh, you know, when you think of Bacardi, you think of rum and college parties and, and you know, uh, mixed mixed drinks that give you headaches and, and bats, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, Bacardi is actually uh, the family name of another family that was exiled uh, during the Cuban Revolution, Man. and and now is their um, headquarters for that that brand and that family is is also in the Caribbean. I think they've moved to. Uh, it's either Antigua or Jamaica. I can't can't remember the country, but anyway. Um, but Bacardi has moved to this new location, and so uh, they, you know, they actually during this process, um, you know, had at the time of the Cuban Revolution, the Bacardi family had developed 
um, you know, distilleries and factories outside of Cuba. And so they were able to kind of pivot pretty quickly and start production from their other facilities. And the, the Arakabala family didn't have that luxury. They were, a, they were a Cuban family, a Cuban, uh, factory, Cuban, um, you know, only. And so they, um, you know, just didn't have the ability to start pivoting that, um, you know, that recipe to other areas. And so, um, anyway, they jealously protected it in 1994, sold it to the Bacardi family and, um, and Bacardi began making, uh, the rum in Puerto Rico. Um, and you know, so, so you've got this rum that's, you know, being made in two different places, right? That both claim to be the original, both claim to be the, the heritage you're using the original either recipe or facilities or whatever it might be. Um, you know, and, and so there, some of this stuff is, is sold worldwide. Some of it is basically just for the United States market. And, um, and there's this fight and, and so they're getting after it. Uh, Bacardi, uh, eventually starts just selling this in, uh, Puerto Rico and Florida, but then um, in 2012 there was a big court battle, and um, you know they kind of uh, got some leeway to start selling this product in a in a wider geography, and so you start seeing the uh, Bacardi Habana Club, um, you know, propagate kind of throughout the United States, and it's pretty readily available now. You know, so which which Havana Club is the real deal, right? Is it the Puerto Rican one that we're drinking here today, or um, you know, is it the one that uh, is not available in the U.S. the Cuban uh, Havana Club, and and it depends on who you ask. You know, mm. um, the uh, Cuban Havana Club is sold all over the world. It's the fourth most popular uh, rum in the world. But you know, the the Havana Club made in Puerto Rico is from the uh, supposedly the original family, the original recipe, and uh, is made in a, the you know nearby island of Puerto Rico. And so, um, yeah, you just uh, you've got to you got to pick your side. You know, <laughs> wow. I mean, it, it sounds almost like a ship of Theseus type of situation. I don't even know what that means. It's a, it's a thought experiment <laughs> uh, recently made repopularized by WandaVision. Uh, but the, the concept is that you got the ship of Theseus over, over time, pieces are start to rot. And so they're replaced with yeah. newer pieces and that sort of thing. However, the rotted pieces kind of collect. And if the rotted pieces were to be reassembled, what would be the actual ship of Theseus? Is it the one that's been repaired over time or the one that's you know made with <sighs> the original components? It's actually a great point. And it, it, it's kind of hard to know. Um, you know, the direction to go in. And, and, and you know, there's there's um, uh, analogies to this, even with pipe tobacco. You know, th- you think about the old Dunhill Ooh, blends. Yes, sir. And they were yeah. made, of course, by uh, the Murray factory and, uh, you know, now uh, made at Scandinavian Tobacco Group, uh, then under the name Dunhill and now now under the name Peterson. And it's like, well, are, are they the same tobaccos? I mean, they, they say they use the same recipe and, um, you know, all that. But it, it's kind of this Frankenstein thing. And so which, uh, you know, which one's uh, built all together? yeah man that's you know what that actually might kind of fascinating i don't yeah i don't know if there's a show there or not but like the whole ship of theseus concept as it relates to pipe tobacco and like pipe tobaccos yeah. that have been through that like you know uh lineage and process of you know being remade and rethought through uh that is something to explore for the future but i am ready yeah. to explore this glass <laughs> that is screaming at me right now man absolutely room. let's uh let's crack it open So one of the things that you made mention of already is that this is a complex rum. And I think that for a lot of us, we might associate rum with just kind of something that you throw in, you know, some sort of, you know, uh, fruity or sweet beverage that you're sipping Mm -hmm. on, on, you know, the coast. And you don't normally, or at least I, I, before this rum, never really considered rum to be something that was necessarily sippable. Like it's not something that I would go to 
like specifically yeah. to drink straight up. It, it, there really is. You have to be introduced to the right rum in order to consider it a premium spirit. I mean, I, th- I think so many of us, uh, you know, from those early days are like, well, you know, you just mix it with Coke and then you wake up the next day and hope that you remember what happened kind of deal. <laughs> a good, a good rum. It's like a good scotch. You know, there's a, there's a demarcation there where at some point you're like, Oh, that's why people like this. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah. so that's the thing, right? This is a complex rum and it is very, very sippable. Um, it is, it does have kind of like a, there's like a charred nature for me, um, especially with the finish of it in particular, but at the same time, it's very smooth and it doesn't come across as overly sweet. Uh, you kind of take him for a little bit of a ride with it because it does start off smooth, but in in my opinion, kind of ends up a little, little on that charred side of things. And Hmm, that's, that kind of smoky finish is, I'm all about that. It's interesting that that smokiness lends itself to this uh, kind of oak barrel flavor, which is unique for uh, Cuban rums. We're talking about a rum that uh, tends to be a little lighter and and oakier. It lacks some of that real viscous, uh, super sweet uh, flavor that some of the Cuban rums uh, possess. But um, but yeah, it, it has this kind of woody flavor that comes in uh, towards the end, the smokiness that's very, uh, very pleasing, very different. It's uh, it's an interesting uh, taste. You know, it, uh, uh, as far as the color of the, um, the alcohol goes, it's a very, um, you know, kind of a nice clear color. It's not too uh, bold or dark. It doesn't look too intimidating, but then you, you drink it and it really does coat your tongue nicely uh, without being overpowering or cloying. It's very, um, very good. Yeah, you know, admittedly, I'm not much of a rum drinker. There's this, you know, these battles between folks that are like, well, do you like the Cuban version or do you like the Puerto Rican version that's the original recipe or whatever you like? And so, um, you know, everyone kind of goes in different directions. There's a lot of folks that swear by the uh, stuff made in the Cuban factory. But, you know, the more I go through life, the more I think about things like that or just um, in, in a lot of sense, it's like, well, you know, it's people love it because they can't get it, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and I do wonder about that, but, um, all in all, I think, I think the stuff made in Puerto Rico, uh, the Havana club is, is really good. Um, it's a, it's a tasty rum, um, you know, and I haven't tried the Havana, uh, the Cuban, uh, Havana club in quite some time. So I, I'm, you know, am not going to be able to really do a Compare justice in two, comparing yeah. the two. Yeah. But, uh, this is a, this is a very tasty rum. It's something that again, it has this kind of lighter, oakier flavor to it that then a lot of these super viscous, very, very sweet, uh, rums have. And, and for me, that's a pleasant thing. It's very, um, it's, Big it's time. not something that weighs you down, which is very, uh, good. So it's a great, uh, great, you know, beach sitting rum, I think, uh, and certainly something and that's very sippable. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I got to make mention of this too, because like the sweetness factor is not high, but at the same time it does have the sweetness. Yeah. It just comes across as yeah. cane sugar. Yeah. You know what I mean? As opposed to like syrup or something yeah. of that nature. I mean, there's that molasses nature to it, of course, but like there's a, there's a very like cane sugar, raw mm-hmm. sugar, uh, that's there, but it's not like yeah. overpowering, you know, it's, it, 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 it's kind of mixed in with that smoky finish and, you know, it, it's funny because normally, you know, I come to the table, man, I'm, I'm ready for you to tell me what to smoke. But as I mentioned, because of the method in which I yeah. enjoyed this the first time was specifically to be paired with pipe tobacco. I went through a number of pipe tobaccos in my cellar and kind of landed on one that dude was. Are really you good. about to do a pairing? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't feel, see, that's the thing. No, no, no. I like not I, in your presence. No, never. You should. I, I, I demand it. No, that's great. I, I, I wish no, you would. I, I, 
All right. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you from our experimentation what I think uh, we found to be a really yeah. good pairing, and that's that's for me. But I, I this does not. I want to know what you were going to pair it with, and <laughs> I think that obviously we should all go with whatever John David paired with. But uh, Taps VIP, man, really, like yeah, was a really good. Wow, pairing I hadn't for heard us. about that tobacco in a long time. Dang, it's been a minute, but it's been in my cellar, and I really, it's it's good. It's a good pipe tobacco, yeah. and it goes really well with this rum. So I, I had to throw that out there because, you know, again, I'm not the expert here, but because of the nature in which I, I kind of discovered this rum, that and is because funny. there was so much different like the variety of pipe tobaccos being sampled. In in correlation with drinking this uh, this beverage for the first time, I, yeah. I had to kind of give him a shout out because that I is it was cool. I, I'd forgotten that you um that you really enjoyed that tobacco, and you know I hate to break your heart, but that tobacco is not available I know. anymore. You no, know, I'm, aware. Really, I'm aware. I'm really aware. I really hang so, on to some stuff in know, my you, cellar. Like. All your favorite tobaccos <laughs> at Bo is uh you know mentions on the air. It's like uh you know if you ever want your a tobacco to go like out of production or out of business, just get Bo hooked on it because <laughs> right. <laughs> he t- he like you like to find all the ones that uh that don't make it or don't last but uh man that was a daughters and ryan tobacco and um man beautiful virginia perique so that's that's cool man that's great i'm glad you um found that connection i i, I went in a decidedly different direction on this you know hit me let's hear yeah it. you know for me this was a uh this was a, a a rum that wasn't overly sweet not super uh you know had that viscous kind of uh you know deep um, syrupiness that sometimes you do crave in a rum. And so I, I appreciated mm. that the rum was not, was not those things, but I wanted to augment that with some, some extra mouthfeel, the lightness of this particular rum. Uh, mm, okay. I, I wanted to kind of, you know, double down on some of that, uh, rich, uh, you know, syrupiness that you think of coating your tongue. And, um, you know, for me, it is almost like a, you know, delectable treat, something to, um, you know, to drink after a dinner, almost in line with, a um, you know, with a liqueur or something, you know, it, it, this does almost have like a, we talk about the oakiness, we talk about, um, you know, some of the, the light, uh, you know, or the sugar cane that's there, but then there's also this kind of almond flavor that's really, uh, they're almost like a, um, uh, like a amaretto or something. It's very, very fascinating to me. I just, uh, had a lot of fun, um, drinking it and, and I'm having a lot of fun drinking it right now, Bo, um, out of my test tube. Um, <laughs> But um, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, my alleged test tube. But um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, pairing it with something that uh, would kind of amp up that uh, that that level of uh, mouthfeel to give it a thicker, more uh, you know, more rich, robust kind of roundedness, and and so went with uh, one of the uh, best-selling aromatics on the market, and that is Cornell and Deal's Autumn Evening. Um, it, Autumn mm. Evening. This is a this is a good pair, I think, for this particular liquor because it uh, it does um, you know kind of ramp up some of those characteristics of. Uh, sweetness and and uh, gives it a little more uh, thickness. It's uh, you know something that the texture on your tongue really I think benefits from. But also uh, autumn evening has uh, already kind of a um, kind of a sugary rum flavor to it. There's a mapleness there, but there is a rum topping on autumn evening, which uh, for me just kind of makes it a really nice. Uh, you know, drawing the bow kind of together around the gift. And mm. so um, I, I really enjoyed this particular uh, particular one. But Autumn Evening, you know, it's sticky, it's sweet. Uh, it's something when you open the tin, you immediately are hit with the uh, the, the room, you know, the note of the, the tobacco out of the tin. And so uh, it does have that sugar 
sugariness there, but that maple rum is really nice and uh, just coats your mouth uh, very, uh, very uh, pleasantly. So, um, you know, if you want to kind of lean into that sweetness and maybe ramp up some of that mouthfeel, uh, I think the autumn evening is a good, a good pairing. Yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, no, great, great direction to take it in. It makes, it makes a ton of sense. Um, I have to, I have to try that. I've never actually had autumn evening, so yeah. I'm, I'm excited to yeah, you ought to fix pick that. some up to. Yeah. yeah. It, it's Cornell Are Deal's you? best-selling tobacco. They've, of course, they have uh, Is that right? 10,000 different tobaccos that Cornell Deal makes. They have so many and, um, you know, but this of, of all the literally hundreds of tobaccos that uh, Cornell Deal makes, this is, uh, this is their best-selling one. Yeah. And uh, as a aromatic that, uh, you know, a lot of aromatic smokers have uh, come to love over the years. All right, man. Good, uh, good pairing. All right. So we, we're about to change gears. Boy, <laughs> <Significantly>. are we. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, as I mentioned, I got, I got you know, a little story to go with both these a little personal story. Yeah. Th- this next one that we are about to enjoy, uh, I won't even bury the lead. I'll just go ahead and say it's, it's bamboo rum. Okay, yep. bamboo. I, I keep on wanting to say bumbo because there's the bumbo seed. I've been that calling the babies it bamboo. Have. Yeah, <laughs> but bamboo. It's, it's bamboo <laughs> rum. That's right, bamboo rum. Now, uh, this came about in a very very special time because, uh, you know, my my children are getting a little bit older uh, than they than they were as well as as children, and um, you know when they were growing up, especially like when when they started going to school, you know my oldest was was very nervous about going to school. Yeah. So while I would, you know, drive her in the car, I would start kind of telling, uh, I would make up a story and tell it to her in the car and I'll always leave it with a cliffhanger. I just, I, I just love this. Like where you're, you're leading into the introduction of, of a rum that you say rum, you've got yeah. a personal story about. And then you talk about yeah. your, your daughter being nervous Driving. about going to school yeah. while in the car. And it's right. like, so I'm just waiting for the point where you crack open the alleged burb, you know, rum and, and give it to your daughter. So she makes it to oh. school. <laughs> John David, come on now. No, that's, that's not it. You've, you've known me long enough that I always bring it home. And I'm end. kidding, but it, uh, but, it, but it is, uh, you know, I, I couldn't help but drawing some of these conclusions. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead with your precious story, Bo. <laughs> no, no, that's fair. That is a hundred percent fair. But anyway, yeah. So, you know, she was nervous. And so I, I would tell her these stories and I would always leave it with a cliffhanger. In fact, the story has been going on for several years now because it, it just keeps on ending with a cliffhanger. And the story as you know, country squire radio listeners will not be surprised it's about pirates. Arr. It's a pirate adventure story, right? Yeah. And so, I, you know, I, I, I've told the story. And then over time, especially as we kind of entered into the pandemic season, I, I started to get a little creative. In fact, I got a bunch of little wax seals and I would send the kids on these little treasure hunts around the house. And at, at times, you know, kind of borrowing a lot from escape rooms and that sort of yeah. thing. And, uh, and incorporating the, the quest that they were on, the little treasure hunts that they were on into the stories that I was telling. And, you know, as I mentioned, they're getting a little bit older and also we, we kind of need to bring this thing to, to an end. And so I've been, I was trying to think about <laughs> how I was going to end this story. And at the same time, uh, we had some people coming over and we, I was going off to the store to, to supply up for a bit of a cookout and that sort of thing. And I needed to pick up some rum. And as I was walking by, I'd been, I'd been contemplating this character of like this, like, you know, villain for, for the story, a pirate hunter, right? Cause in the story, these are like pirate adventurers yeah, yeah. and we need a pirate hunter and, and that sort of thing. And so I, I was going to base pseudo base this character off of a, uh, pirate that we've actually covered here on Country Squire Radio, which is Benjamin Hornigold. And, uh, however, the fictional version that I was kind of creating was, uh, Ben Hartigold, Ben Hartigold. <laughs> and 
Ben Hardigold was a, a very evil pirate hunter, and he needed a symbol. And as I was walking down and kind of contemplating, you know, this and, and life and everything else, I see this beautiful bottle that looks like it was floating in the ocean carrying a pirate map of some sort with this cross, uh, this kind of a crooked golden crossbone looking uh, symbol. Yeah, almost like, almost like thought, crossbones. It's hard to tell, but almost yeah. Almost like crossbones. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like... They, Crossbones, there's almost like a little bit of like a Norse inspired to the kind of the yeah. symbolic nature yeah, I of it. Like see it's, that. It, yeah, a lot, lot going on with it, but but and at the same time, very simple. And I was like, that's it, that's the symbol of <laughs> uh, of Heart of Gold, this, this super villain that I'm creating to kind of conclude the story with my children. And so I pick up this bottle, not knowing anything about it, like, like you know, other than the fact that it looks cool, the symbol of it is going to work for the story I'm telling, and I need some rum. Then I sit down, John David. And understand that I've been drinking the Havana Club, right? Like I've, you know, it's you know, I've been I've been in that world right. of rum. Right. I pour a little bit of this, <laughs> and we're in a different direction altogether. <laughs> and you are not and kidding, that, man. You are not kidding. That is how I discovered the bamboo rum. So. Uh, with that, I'm going to toss it to you. Let's talk about some bamboo. Man, it's kind of bizarre, really. I, I, I don't know. We are going in a very different direction from the Puerto Rican uh, Havana Club. Uh, wow, these are two incredibly different experiences. Uh, uh, bamboo rum made in Barbados. Uh, proudly, uh, they state that that is the home of rum, first created some 400 years ago is what they say, and that, that probably is uh, is true. Uh, made from sugar cane from across the West Indies. They claim the water in that part of the uh, of, of the island is so um, pure just because of the uh, limestone and the, the granite there that uh, that they don't have to filter it. Uh, th- this is a water that goes through all these uh, layers of you know layers of rock and so it's just an incredibly pure water and then of course that paired with the uh, use of the sugar cane from a variety of places across the West Indies it just makes this uh, fantastically interesting uh, rum and it is very interesting it, it is it is quite something um, it, you know looking at the rum again Bo you mentioned it's got this uh, um, kind of skull it, it's not a skull and crossbones but it, it's, it's kind of yeah. like the it, it, it may in your mind kind of evoke the two uh, the two bones maybe underneath a skull and crossbone. Yeah, you know, it, it's, a gold X. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's an X, bones. right? It's got this real uh, kind of gnarly look to it. It's it's interesting and fun and evokes those, um, you know, thoughts of, of pirates and buried treasure and, uh, you know, old, uh, you know, crushed up maps that are, you know, have been found buried and all this kind of stuff. So um, it's really, really pretty interesting. You open this bottle and smell it, and it is just... All right, whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah. Before you say that, yeah. before you say that, I have to know first. Was this your first time? It, yeah, first, this? very first time, very first. Okay, time. yep. When when you cracked open the alleged test, yeah, and you took a whiff, yeah. What was the flavors that came to your mind? Um the the Initially. the very the very first thing I thought of was bananas. The right, okay, the very yes. the very first thing, and, and and it is like in your face, like it, it is, it is like they were, it's like they were going for bananas, <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, all right, that's so that's that's what I wanted to know because it's interesting when I talk yep. to different people about this. Like I remember drinking this rum, yeah. and like not knowing how I felt about it. Like I yeah. like and I, you know and I I, I mean I'll, I'll save my final review for once we get there, but like I remember being like I just had to keep on drinking it because I was like. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> and the banana, like, you're exactly right. The 
room note, if you will, the tin note, if you will, the bottle note, if you will, is very bananas. And that's in the flavor as well. However, there's another very strong flavor profile that comes out in the drinking, especially. Hmm. Mm. Well, did you get did, did, did something else jump out? Why don't we have a sip? Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, all right. So we have smelled the bananas and the banana is in the flavor. I mean, like it is definitely in the, in the, the taste as well. However, it's there. It's there. What what else are you getting, though? You seem pretty passionate about this. Uh, this other flavor that you're tasting here. What let, let us in. So it's interesting because of the the smell in particular, and it, it it that combined with the flavor profile of just the taste, you you continuously get bananas. However, there is also a very, 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 very strong vanilla yeah. uh, that is that is in this a very deep vanilla flavor that's in this, and it's interesting because I couldn't quite put my finger on it until it was pointed out to me, and I was like, oh yeah, it's vanilla, and almost. Yep. It's it's very strong. I mean, like you're almost <laughs> drinking banana Foster with with this with this rum. If you yeah, can imagine that. It, this is such a strange uh, liquor, and, and and you know it it it's a rum. It says it's a rum. I mean, it's made of sugar cane, and it's made. You <laughs> it's, know, the, I mean, it's it says it's Barbados a and all that stuff. And you take it at face value, and it's like, well, let's judge a book by its cover and all this. And it's got the you know little uh, crossbones on the front of it, the X that's all beautiful. It looks like a uh, you know buried treasure map and all this kind of stuff, but. Um, um, but yeah, it it is. Um, this is an interesting, wild uh, tasting uh, of alcohol. It really is. It's uh, just something that I've never uh, had anything like before. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, again, uh, over the top uh, vanilla. Obviously, we've mentioned this banana flavor that's very fascinating that you just don't really uh, associate with really, really any kind of liquor. It, it, you know, it's something that just really pops you in the face and you're like, wow, what, well, that's that's one way to do it. <laughs> um, right, there's yeah. a uh, there's an allspice uh, uh, taste that kind of comes in the back, this semi-sweetness that... Uh, you know, touches different parts of your mouth. And then there's this kind of uh, underbelly of roasted nuts there too, uh, you know, that, hmm. that, uh, that you get, but, but all these are, are characters that are, um, you know, just supporting the main actors, which is the, uh, the banana and the vanilla. Wow. So it's just very, um, very fascinating. You know, we, we are saying all kinds of interesting things about this particular rum. Uh, the reviews online are equally, decidedly mixed <laughs> this is a, right. a very polarizing this is a, this is a polarizing this is a polarizing yes. alcohol it really is because it's like, like i said it's a they they say it's a rum but then you drink it and you're like huh that's and, and i've never had a rum like this before. yeah it's so interesting <laughs> you know it's uh it's it's pretty fascinating diehard fans of this uh love that uh you know it's it's very flavorful it uh has a lot of uh uh, sweetness. It's it's different. It's uh, something that uh, makes you think of maybe plantains or the islands. You know, would go well with a mixed drink. Um, and of course, the um, you know the the branding of the you know cross and the um, you know the X and the uh, corked bottle. And you know, folks have a lot of fun with that. And so you've got these fans that have really leaned into that. And and then you have the haters <laughs> that are very Man. much out there about this rum, and they've uh, kind of um, you know branded it as the um you know the rum that tastes like banana laffy taffy and you know it's like uh, <laughs> it, it, you know the marketing for it is almost this kitschy thing that you'd see like you know on a 
uh, you know, if, if you were making a cartoon and you wanted a bottle of rum right, in the cartoon. Right. And so, um, you, you know, the, it's, it's got its haters out there. And so, um, yeah, it, it's interesting, man. This is a, this is a fascinating liquor. I'm glad I tried it. I don't know if I'd buy a bottle of it again, but, um, right. But, it's very like it, but, but yet so I'm glad I thing. tried it. I, I am glad I tried it. It's, it's, I think that everybody should weird. try this. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it it's, I wish very, they made I mean, it in a pint. <laughs> right. Right. Well, so that's the thing. This is not a, a, in, in my opinion, and I, I have, I've done a lot of research. This bottle is almost empty. Uh, and, and again, it's not necessarily empty out of just like extreme, like enjoyment per se. Not yeah. that I didn't, I mean, I, I did enjoy drinking it, but it wasn't like, because like, Oh, this is my favorite. It was literally such a perplexing experience that I had to keep going back to it and figure out like, do, do I like this? Do I not like, like I, I don't know. I'm so confused. And I, here's what I've kind of come to. Bamboo is kind of like a port or kind of like a dessert wine, if you can hmm. imagine that. If, yeah. if you've never had a dessert wine before and you just kind of go to it like thinking you know what wine is and then you have a dessert wine, it's going to confuse the heck out of you. You're yeah. not going to know what to do with it in, yeah, sure. in, the right, in the right circumstance. Bamboo is kind of like that. This is very much a dessert, uh, a dessert rum. I really want to figure out some like some kind of dessert recipe to make some ways like, to utilize this. Yeah, that's not no, I do that's man. not bananas foster, you know, <laughs> no, but like, you know, I've I've cooked with uh, with various spirits before. In fact, actually, I, you know what? As I'm as I'm saying this out loud, I know exactly what I'm going to do with my next bottle of bamboo. Uh, I'm a big fan of every single New Year's Eve. We make a figgy pudding. And we do the whole thing where we, you know, get some fine brandy and we light it on fire yeah. and we kind of pour it over. Yeah, and everything this else. would work well with that, I think. This would work extremely well with that. Yeah. In fact, you know what? I'm going to make some uh, sticky toffee pudding, and that is exactly what I'm going to end up doing with it. I'm going to uh, flambeau it with bamboo. Like it, this is perfect for cooking, and it's not bad for sipping, but it is not necessarily something you want to like drink like this is not like a glug type of <laughs> beverage you know what i mean it, like it really it really favors a liqueur it really it really does yeah it, it, this is a yeah. very sweet viscous thick um superlative drink you know it's a little it's, bit goes a long it, way it, it does it, it definitely definitely does and so and if you don't like sweet uh alcohols at all or you're you know one of these pipe smokers that uh you know would never touch an aromatic in a million years Ooh, this is this, is, not this is probably not the rum for you <laughs> it just probably isn't it right. was uh it, it's it's pretty interesting yeah so um yeah, good call. It, it would probably be a good uh, good thing to cook with. So, um, as far All as right, a, so this is this is a thing though, because I, I when when I right. first you know one of the, the other feeling I got when I first tasted this, aside from just general confusion, was <laughs> what on earth would John David pair with yeah. this? Because this is so very different and from anything th that we've ever paired. Yeah, on this, this took me a long time. I really I really had to do some soul searching on this particular one because it, it, it this is a weird look. Liquor, liqueur, it's it's a um, it's just got a very different character to it. When you go into this, you're thinking one thing, and then you drink it, and you're like, "Well, I don't, I don't know <laughs> what that is," you know. And I, I, I don't. I, th sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. I, I needed right. something to ground me. <laughs> I, Ooh, I really, okay, I really okay. did. I needed to kind of come back to home base uh, for me on this. I needed something that uh, was going to balance all the wackiness of this particular. Uh, thing and just be like coming back to a, a safe, uh, you know, warm sweater or a, <laughs> a safe, uh, you know, very comfortable chair that I knew inside and out type of thing. And
And so, um, so I went with the old favorite. I went with old Gowrie from Rattrys. Uh, uh, I wanted a, I wanted a tobacco that was, uh, very, um, very tobacco-y, very in-your-face about mm-hmm. just being an honest, uh, working man's, you know, earthy, rich, um, you know, uh, grassy tobacco, something that would just, uh, you know, make make sure you knew you were at home, like sitting at grandmama's house, you know. And um, Old Gowrie, of course, uh, been around a long time, a very uh, highly sought-after tobacco right now. Uh, all the Ratcheries blends have been uh, that way for uh, for a few years. And it's a Virginia, Darkfire, Kentucky, and Perique uh, blend. And they uh, press this, of course, uh, at Kohlhaas uh, in Germany and then, uh, you know, put put in the tin. But uh, it's a um, just a wildly popular tobacco. It's more robust and, um, you know, just has a lot of natural flavor to it. And I needed that groundingness after such a wacky liquor. <laughs> and that's about the only thing I could figure at, you know, as I kind of did a lot of soul searching and tried different things. This was uh, uh, where I kept coming back to. So um, so anyway, Rattery's uh, Old Gowrie, I uh, was really, uh, really, really um, pleased with that. And I, and frankly, needed it. <laughs> Man, and I think I've got some of that in my cellar. So I might have to. Great uh, tobacco. Like, with- yeah. With what I've got left, I might have to make that uh, make that pairing happen. You know, one of the things that we love about Squire Select is it's all about kind of the various flavor profiles and getting all of the different tastes that exist in all of these different spirits and all of these different pipe tobaccos. And, you know, someone else, uh, some folks that really appreciate the, the need to get, you know, every single flavor profile out of your pipe tobacco are our good friends over at Missouri Meerschaum, who make some quality corn cob pipes for a good, cool, cleaning smoke to make sure that you're going to, you know, you're not going to ghost, you're not going to ghost the cob. You know, you're going to get, you're going to get the goods. <laughs> you're going to get the goods, man. Yeah. I mean, of course we love the folks at Missouri Meerschaum and really appreciate them uh, for sponsoring this show. They make uh, the best corn cob pipes in the world. They're an iconic American company. And um, one thing that they make that a lot of folks don't know that they make and is perfect for a Squire Select is uh, a Missouri Meerschaum shot glass. Hey-o. And it is available on their website, man. Go to corncobpipe.com and for four forty nine, you can buy a Missouri Meerschaum genuine shot glass uh, featuring the classic corn cob graphic on the front of the pipe. And it's actually got little measurements on the side, so it's perfect for making those uh, consistent cocktails. Wait, wait, wait. So, hang on. How long uh, have they had this shot glass? It's a new product. I was about as to say, I'm, know, learning, I'm learning yeah. something on this episode. Like, wait, I was about to say, like, we should have been doing Squire Select out of the Missouri cool. Mission shot glass for a long I time. I know, man. <laughs> we're get, we're, we're going to grab some because they uh, are exactly what we need. Yeah, it's just a perfect pour. And I like the, you know, the the nice little addition of the uh, measurements on the side. So you can use it as a, as a you know, great little fun shot or as something where you can uh, measure up a, a perfect cocktail. Yeah. So um, check it out. Uh, go to corncobpipe.com. You can order it and they We'll send it to you straight from Washington, Missouri, and we know you'll enjoy That's it. That's right. Good good quality products and a quality brand to be able to get behind. And, uh, hey, if you've got uh, any Missouri Meerschaum merch, be sure to rock it on uh, the Twitters. We love to retweet them out, letting the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know. We appreciate them for sponsoring this show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe Question of the Week. Pipe Question of the Week. All right, man. Pipe Question of the Week comes in from Al. Man, Al. Come out. Al's coming in, and and I kind of feel like this question's tugging on Superman's cape a little bit. <laughs> but but I'm gonna ask That's it to silly. you. I, you know, I'm, no, it's a great it's a great question. I'm I'm happy to answer. Okay, it. all right, all right. He's yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> uh, Al says I have old tugging on Superman's cape. That's ridiculous. I'm just saying. All right, here's here's what it is. He says uh, I have an old Toby question. Old Toby, of course, a pipe tobacco with the country squire. He says, uh, if, you have a sec- if you have a second to answer, is the Perique, uh, is the Perique the musty, earthy cocoa part of the blend, or is it from toppings and casings? I've never had it before, and I'm trying to figure out if Perique is something I enjoy, or if I'm ascribing an interesting taste to the wrong thing. Thanks, and that again mm. is coming from Al. Now, I say this is tugging on Superman's cape, because it is <laughs> documented well on this show. In fact, actually, when we had Russ on the show, I think um, yeah. I think he made mention of the fact that, like, you know... John David doesn't talk about what goes in his blends. You know, like I don't. That's, that's something. I, I don't. I, I, that, that's what that's what pays the bills, man. Right. That's the money maker. It's proprietary. No, it, that's right, man. Uh, it's it's always good though, and folks are welcome to ask. And I'm I'm I feel very comfortable shooting everybody down. But uh, <laughs> man, old old Toby is uh, one of our most popular blends at the Country Squire. Of course, we have a whole um, you know lineup of of Tolkien themed blends that we're proud to. Um, you know, proud to have at the shop. And, um, you know, folks have asked us to make more Tolkien themed blends. We've kind of played that out. We're, we're not going to do any more uh, along those lines. But um, but Old Toby is is the most popular of all those. It's a very, uh, you know, earlier in the show, we talked about autumn evening, just very uh, lots of different uh, confectionery flavors, some rum, very sticky. Uh, Old Toby is reminiscent of that. It has a very um, you know, a very uh, sticky quality to it. It's it's a it's a crowd pleaser. It's something that you're uh, probably not going to put in a five hundred dollar uh, you know uh, Dunhill shell briar, but uh, you know, grab one of your favorite aromatic mm. pipes, poke it in there in a in a in a, in a in a party or you know nice time outside, whatever it might be, and you're going to enjoy this tobacco. It's something that is really uh, a lot of fun to smoke. So um, yeah, the Perique. Uh, he he asks Al is asking if the Perique is the musty earthiness that's in this blend or is that flavor the musty and earthy kind of coming from the toppings and casings and and the answer of course is yes <laughs> it's it's both it, it it is uh you know we we are obviously going to jealously guard uh, kind of the uh ingredients on on our tobaccos i will say al if you're trying to figure out if perique is the right thing 
for you or if you enjoy Perique. I, I have to say, Old Toby is not the blend to do that on. Uh, the the flavors in Old Toby, Old Toby, surely the uh, the mustiness that's there, the the spiciness, the little hint of pepper, uh, you know, the the earth that that is is definitely being contributed to by the Perique in that blend. But there's there's a lot going on in Old Toby uh, that we're we're very proud of that that is also contributing, particularly to that earthiness that's there. Um, the um, you know the variety of ingredients that we use um, that that you know are, are also contributing to that that earthiness. So um, toppings and casings, uh, you know that that plays a role as well, particularly in the earthy and kind of cocoa elements that are in that. Uh, in that tobacco, the mustiness is probably coming more from the Perique. But um, but I, I will say, if you're trying to get a handle on if you like Perique or not, um, Old Toby's probably not the tobacco for for you to determine that by. So um, you know, let's um, let, maybe maybe uh, maybe think about another tobacco that um, you know would be a good uh, good you know measure of that. And if you can try to order some straight Perique, uh, you can call our shop and we'll be glad to send you some. Or um, you know, a lot of the online retailers or your local tobacconist may have some Perique too, but uh, just just try to get your hands on an ounce of it and, uh, you know, smoke a little quarter bowl and see what you think. Maybe mix it with some of your other blends and see how it, see how it changes it, see how it, um, you know, mixes with uh, some things that you know inside and out. But, um, but anyway, I'm glad you tried old Toby and we appreciate it, man. We're, we're going to leave you guessing on some, in some sense, but, um, but I'm glad you're, uh, I hope you're enjoying it. Yeah. And Al, I'm giving you a hard time, but it's a great question. And thanks so much for sending that in. Hey, if you've, yeah. if you've got a pipe question of the week, be sure to send it in that's show at countrysquireradio.com show at countrysquireradio.com your thoughts your comments listener feedback listener feedback all right man we got uh listener feedback so i mentioned this at the top of the show but caleb uh or wait what did i say collab collect caleb Collab, yeah, collab. <laughs> Francart, Francart, uh, new new pilgrim, uh, did write in this week about a uh, recent pilgrimage that uh, he and a buddy took to the Squire, and uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and, uh, and take on that one? Yeah, this is great. Greetings, John, David, and Bo. Uh, this past weekend, I made my pilgrimage to Jackson with my best buddy, Jason. Uh, we have become big fans of the show over the past few years and always talk about how your friendship reminds us of our own. Um, after the 12-hour journey from Northwest Ohio, uh, we, were, we arrived at the Squire and immediately felt at home. Uh, it was like walking into Cheers, and boy, that, that's about like walking into the Squire. <laughs> Dominique and Carson were great to talk to, as, were our, as was our new friend, Bruce. Oh, man, you met Bruce, and you still like us. That's fantastic. <laughs> Um, to commemorate the journey, we walked out with a couple of Bing's favorites and a bunch of great memories, not to mention uh, a pound or two of the good stuff. Uh, keep up the great work at the shop and on the show. Hope to see you next time. Thanks. And that's uh, Caleb Frankert. Uh, and uh, and it, it, Caleb has his own podcast, and this is kind of cool. You're a little more familiar with yeah. that, Bo. You want to yeah, yeah, elaborate on that? Uh, Caleb, yeah. Caleb and Jason, they're both hosts of the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast. We, we made mention of this uh, actually while you were out as I kind of yeah. uh, did something that is very, I don't normally do, which is to kind of recommend a, a show that I'm, I'm actively working on as uh, you know, I, I just typically don't do that, but this is such a good show guys. If you haven't checked out the old fashioned finance podcast, I really strongly recommend it. Uh, great financial advice, but not boring. They, they, they trick you is what they do. Like they're very, they're very <laughs> like personable, great personalities. If you like the energy of this show, you would love that show as well. 
uh, and uh, and they mix it with old old uh, cocktails as well. So it's a it's a great one to make mention of on the Squire Select episode. Yeah, so. old fashioned finance podcast yeah. and uh, Caleb and Jason, really cool uh, man. Just so so tickled that they got to come through. I hate that I missed them, but I know uh, that Dominique and Carson took good care of them. And uh, man, they if they met Bruce, they're they're just part of the family. Yeah, if they if they engaged with Bruce and and didn't leave and immediately burn our shop to the ground, they're they're family. <laughs> is, is Bruce? The a new hurricane or is just bruce a, a, a nut? They, let's just say they, bruce they, bruce they get along they get along really great oh, gosh. <laughs> oh man all right that's great guys uh thanks so much for that uh that feedback and hey if you've got some feedback for the show you can of course email it in show at countrysquireradio.com you can also head over to itunes and write us a review there we love getting those in it doesn't cost you a dime to do it but if you are willing to spend a few dimes to make sure this show keeps going uh head over to patreon.com slash country squire radio where you can join the international country squire radio pipe club uh, and, uh, and get a lot of benefits there. You can also uh, keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow the show at Squire Radio or John David at John David Cole or the shop at underscore Country Squire. But all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Well, man, uh, I know that you're not a rum guy, but I feel like I kind of feel like you nailed it in terms of both the pairings and, and just kind of, you know, expanding the palette. I hope so. Thank you. I, I worked hard at it. I did. And I uh, mean, had had fun. Uh, I know the I know the Puerto Rican uh, Havana Club is something that I'll be reaching for again. Um, and the um, and the bamboo, it. I'll be interested in your in your uh, flambe. I'm, yeah, I'm very curious. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm going to cook with it. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love the old gallery portion of our uh, of, of our pairing. That was a that was a, a uh, that, I did myself a solid on that. Oh, well done. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, let's go have a day. See you, brother. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.